Jay Butter and Popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 2, Episode 16. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. Hey, y'all. It's Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, filmmaker, and activist. And today... We are talking about our Asian brothers and sisters. We are talking about films um, that have Asian representation in them. Yes, we are. Konnichiwa. (laughs) Konnichiwa. Japanese. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) Um, First of all, precursor, just stimulate your mind, you guys, and watch movies with subtitles. Please do it. It's not going to kill you. It'll definitely help you look at the world in a better way. Keep your eyes open to see how we are all different, but also one. Um, the films this week show Asian representation in different forms. So it's very, very, it's going to be very detailed with that. Talking about representation, cultural representation. And uh, it's very nice to be able to shine a light and talk about different minorities. Because you know what? We're all minorities and we're all one. So it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um Boom. Before we get started, too, uh, hold on one second. Let's pause. All right, let's dive into our movies. First up, I remember getting this movie from the library in Texas on DVD. My mom got it. Oh my gosh, so good. I think I was like nine or something like that. Something like that. I don't remember. Um, Memoirs of a Geisha, 2005, directed by Rob Marshall. This movie is based off the book. The book is, though, hard to read, but it's a great read nonetheless. This film won Oscars for Best Production Design, Original Score, Cinematography, and Costume Design, all at the 2006 Academy Awards. If you watch it, you will see why. Um, Great film. I now own this on DVD. It's uh, one of my favorites. The story is about two sisters who were separated. And one has eyes like rain, um, like like water, like rain. And, and um, she tells the story of how water is able to fit in uh, every place and in creeks and around stones, um, even through uh, adversity and how strong and powerful water can be on land and just with every living being and creature. Um, so these two sisters are separated and they hopefully find their way back to each other eventually. So this is what the story is about. Um, it's the 1920s setting, so it's kind of a period piece, too, which is another cool layer. Nine-year-old Chio, played by Suzuka Ogo, gets sold to a geisha house. There, she is forced into servitude, receiving nothing in return until the house's ruling hierarchy determines if she is of high enough quality to service the clientele. So, a.k.a kind of a whorehouse, um, men who visit and pay for a conversation, dance and song and possibly hanky panky. Um, (laughs) the hanky panky. Uh, yes. So after rigorous years of training, 
Chio becomes Siyuri, played by Zi Zhang, a geisha of incredible beauty and influence. She is a wonderful, illustrious mentor. Um, life is good for uh, Siyuri, but World War II is about to disrupt the peace because it um, takes you through this time, of course, when everything hits the fan. Um, this movie is definitely melodramatic at its best goes through a lot of ups and downs. You become so like tethered to these character stories and you're in this, you're brought into their world and it's done beautifully. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? And you're attached um, to these people. Um, you go to empathize with the, the main characters and the deep facets of her personality. Um, especially that one scene where she tries to run away with her sister. Cause in the beginning she's a maid, she's not a full geisha and her sister's a little bit older and she becomes a geisha. Um, uh, but kind of has on like, I remember she has on like these cheap, um, this cheap makeup and things like that. And her robe is kind of messed up, you know, and she's already been, you know, working, um, in that world. And she wants to run away with her sister. And she says, I can only come get you because she runs and, and finds her sister. Um, I think like down the street somewhere in this other brothel. And so she's like, uh, I'll plan to come get you the next day or I believe it's like two nights or something like that. And when the girl does, it's awful because like you want her to get out of this situation and it's raining and she's sliding, um, jumping on roof to roof and she's sliding um, in her shoes and she falls and she breaks her leg. And so her older sister can't wait for her. So her older sister leaves and she has to grow up in this environment and um, she eventually finds love and she just goes through so much and it's you see how the war has weathered on people people that were of a certain hierarchy in the beginning when this girl was young and uh, how the roles have reversed and flipped very good film i believe it's available to stream and rent on amazon prime my second movie this is so good this came out last year the farewell 2019 directed by lulu wang so this film starring, starring Aquafina, I don't know if y'all watch Aquafina is Noor from Queens on Comedy Central, but it's hilarious. This film won Aquafina her first Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Um, Aquafina actually, and that was at this year's Golden Globes, Aquafina um, was also in Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, very talented girl. Um, she did such a superb performance. In short, this movie is about um, Billy, played by Aquafina, and her family who returns to China under the guise of a fake wedding to s- stealthily say goodbye to their beloved matriarch. Um, matriarch. Um, the only person that doesn't know, she only has a few weeks to live. <laughs> um, in Chinese cultures, it's very common not to let your loved one know that they are dying. You are the one that kind of carries that badge of pain and cross to bear. There's a beautiful monologue. The father explains to Billy why she wants to do this. Billy's from New York. And she's just like, okay. And it's about her like uh, reconnecting with her roots and her family. I liken it to like how it would be when you are black and raised in America and like your first trip to Africa. <laughs> and like, as soon as you touch down and just like seeing the ambiance and just like seeing your people and being around your culture, This film has such sweet moments of tender happiness and sadness. I won't spoil the ending, but this film is based on a true story. Everybody should see this. It has such great layering within the text where you know that there are deeper meanings within each storyline. It dabbles in and out of English, but it has subtitles. It's definitely worth the watch. 
And the director of this movie, Lulu Wang, her boyfriend is actually fellow filmmaker Barry Jenkins, who directed 2016 Moonlight. So that's a fun fact. Yeah. Very good film. Everyone should check that out. My last movie is another movie based off a book. A little bit older, though. Joy Luck Club, 1993, directed by Wayne Wang. This drama speaks about the relationships between Chinese-American women and their Chinese immigrant mothers. Um, The book is amazing. The stories overlap each other, kind of like 2004's Crash movie. It's uh, very intriguing. Um, It's a huge ensemble cast. Um, This film has such moments of, like, bizarre... Uh, grief and rediscovered moments of redemption. Um, there's Chai Sai Chin, uh, Q Chin, Lisa Liu, France Nguyen, Rosalind Chow, Lauren Tom, and Tamlin Tamita, as well as Ming Na Wen. Um, the thread in this story is that it's never too late to change the narrative, and everyone has the ability to change that. Um, the stuff that goes on, there's like subject of like women that are being abused by their husbands. Um, This one lady is abused by her husband so bad. She loses her mind for a minute and wants to take the one thing away from her husband who is beating her and cheating on her. Uh, Take the one thing away from him that he loves so much. And she drowns her baby in the bathtub um, when she loses her mind. It's, it's uh, Ooh. Yeah. It's got that for colored girls vibe. Although colored girls, it was the guy who threw the babies out. (laughs) The window. Um, we're not doing like this. Tra- <laughs> we're not doing this. I'm traumatized already. But that's tragic. It was so tragic. Yeah. Um, heavy stuff like that. Or like this one lady who discovers she needs to know her worth. When she's married to this guy who splits everything down to the middle. Um, they're married and he makes her pay him back when he buys her haagen ice cream. Um, things like that where she's just like, what is going on here? This isn't a marriage. This is a friggin business partnership um very good film about uh redemption finding themselves there's this other story with um this lady who uh is able to find her long lost twin sister um and the whole mother daughter tapestry and all that entails with this uh one of the characters um has a daughter who wants to play chess and she's competitive with her best friend who also uh, plays chess. And I believe, no, I believe it's piano and like they go back and forth and it's like, Oh, my daughter's better here. Your horse is bigger than my horse type of thing. Um, Very good film though. Uh, It's available to stream on Amazon prime to rent or stream. So check that out. These are my films for this week. Hope you enjoyed them. Taj, you let me know what yours are. Yes. I, okay, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time for the names that I mispronounce because as a African, you know, descendant, as a person whose dad is from Nigeria, I definitely get it. So I just apologize ahead of time. But the first film I'm going to talk about is actually a short film that um, was released with Incredibles 2, if y'all remember, it's called Bao. And it's a computer animated short film written and directed by Domi Shi. And uh, it was produced by Pixar. Um, and it was just so good. Like 
sometimes so if you guys aren't familiar films sometimes when they have a new film coming out they'll release a short below uh, before it um kind of like it, it has nothing to do with the actual film but it's just because i don't really know why but they yeah they show like a a small visual or short film before it sometimes if you've seen that in the movie theaters this one blew up it was great um basically um it is based in canada and this chinese canadian woman is suffering from empty nest syndrome which isn't talked about a lot which is why i also loved it and her husband is busy at work um and basically makes a steamed bun that comes alive she raises the steamed bun as a child feeding it meals um eventually the child wishes to play soccer with the other kids despite his mother's protection as her son ages into a teenager and a young adult he increasingly wants independence while his mother wishes for more attention from him feeling ignored when the steamed bun uh, introduces his new fiance and announces his intentions to move out of his mother's house his mother protests the mother tries to stop the steamed bun from leaving, but he pulls free. In a fit of anger, the mother eats the steamed bun, after which she cries over what she has done. Later, the mother lies in bed, and her real son enters the room, revealing that the whole sequence was an allegorical dream. Mm-hmm. The son, resembling the steamed bun, is told by his father to apologize to his mother as she ignores him. He enters the room, offering the same treat the mother gave the steamed bun and as they share it they both cry afterwards the whole family including the son's fiance make steamed buns as they sit at the table watching television man i have rarely seen um analysis sections on this but people were so confused because of just the creativity of having the son be a steamed bun versus an actual person and then like her eating it but it was just like they said, it's like allegory. Um, and I just, I love that. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people struggle with that empty nest syndrome. And, um, I just, and, you know, it's about food and family. So, you know, it comes together as like a emotional um, resonance. Um, and man, um, I think that it was great because um, the director related her own experiences basically as a daughter of Chinese immigrants. Um, and uh, she placed herself in her mother's shoes to show the emo- emotional journey, um, you know, as she dedicates her life to raising a child who is now gone. Um, and I just thought it was great. Um, if you haven't watched it, um, go find it online. It's so beautiful and touching and just gives you an insight um, to the culture, um, but also like, you know, showing how, you know, different, different people struggle with different things and like showing like mothers struggling with empty nest syndrome through like, I don't know, through the culture. Like that was just, it was just so great. And like to see the food and just, you know, how family is so important. Um, and yeah, I would definitely please watch it. I know it was a lot of, a lot of white people, um, caused a lot of, controversy on online it was like why i don't get it and she ate him and like just being insensitive but like if you're culturally sensitive like you'll get it and like you know research and like analyze and like read this stuff um it was so good beautiful short um next 
is The Host, which I loved, um, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who I'm actually going to talk about a little bit later. But, man, this film is wild. Like, he has such a long roster, but also, like, this came out in 2006, which, so it's been a minute, but he's been doing this. Like, this film, let's get into it. (laughs) Y'all are like, what is the film about? Anyways, it's a South Korean film and it's about a south korean monster so it's a monster film and um it basically it's a film about a monster kidnapping a man's daughter and this man you know attempts to rescue her um and so y'all are probably like what the heck so according to the director his inspiration came from a local article about a deformed fish with an s-shaped spine caught in the han river so um, he's a very successful director um, and, you know, he kind of has this this genre, this this theme going with his films. So people were really anticipating this. Um, it, by the end of its run on November 8th, 13 million tickets have been sold, making it at the time the highest grossing South Korean film of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically um, this monster kidnaps this girl and the dad tries to go and get it back. And in, you know, in the film, it shows how, like, just the graphics in this film are just amazing. Like, it just shows, you know, people being attacked and swallowed by this creature. It shows a lot of, it's very action-packed and, like, going after this creature um, to kill it. And it shows the children's journey um, as they're navigating, trying to get away from this monster. Um, and it's kind of like a Godzilla's, like, is an Asian version of Godzilla, basically, mm. um, about this monster like going through it, going through the town, eating people, attacking people, kidnaps this girl, and just uh, it's just so unique and interesting and action packed. Um, he did a beautiful job on this. Like when I say he did a beautiful job on this, like he did a beautiful job on this. Um, and this film made eighty nine point four million at the box office. Um, so say less. Um, go watch it. Last film is, of course, Crazy Rich Asians. Hey. Man, I can't believe it came out in 2018. It feels like that moment was just so recent. Um, it is a romantic comedy. Um, and it's a film that is directed by John M. Chu. Um, and the screenplay is by Peter Chiarelli and Adele Lim. Um, and it's based on the novel that came out in 2013. Um, that's by Kevin Kwan. Mm -hmm. So this film, um, came out, yeah, August 7th, 2018. Um, um, it actually was, um, so it was premiered at the TCL Chinese theater in LA on that day. And then it was released theatrically in the U.S. on August 15th of 2018 by Warner Brothers. Um, and this film received such positive um, reviews from critics for the acting, the production, the costume design. Immaculate. Immaculate. Um, so basically, the film explores um, Nick Young and his girlfriend, Rachel Chu, of course, the director, <laughs> using his uh, last name as, you know, one of the main characters' last name. Love it. Um, she's an economics professor at NYU, a New York native um, who travels to Singapore for the wedding of 
her boyfriend's best friend, Colin. Um, Lord, this this plot. Anyway, so I'm trying not to skip ahead. Um, but basically, she goes there, and long story short, you know, they're going through the the bachelorette party, and you know, it shows the basically classism within culture. So, like, her boyfriend, basically, she discovers is like rich like comes from a very like he's not just rich he's crazy rich hence the name (laughs) and so her and his girlfriend rachel was born in the states and not of that caliber um they don't really define like which class but i want to say definitely on the lower income side middle income side um and she explains to her boyfriend's mother that you know you know, they own all these properties in the States. And basically in the movie, it's, it's said that they basically have built the infrastructure of Singapore low key. Mm -hmm. Um, and the girlfriend is like, well, my dad died before I was born, but my mom, you know, she worked her way up, you know, she didn't go to school, but she, you know, she worked her way, basically, you know, the American dream basically, or the American story. Um, and so, um, she basically tells the mom that the mom resents her, tells her that she ain't never going to be nothing, ain't never going to be nothing to nobody, basically. And I'm like, you're trifling. But <laughs> she, um, Ra- Rachel is like going through it because people think that she's a gold digger. Um, and she finds like her hotel room vandalized by the other girls, you know, friends and um, what have you of the of the um, of the bride to be. And um yeah, people are like, you know, messing with Nick's head. Like, you know, you know, is this girl, like, who is this girl? She's not even on the same level that you're at. And um, he basically, you know, I don't want to give too much away if y'all haven't watched it, but it's it's a struggle. And um, basically it, it infuses comedy with, you know, they have the comedic best friend in there for Rachel. Um, and it, it shows a lot of turmoil within like, family stuff and why they do the things that they do. And so it's just very interesting because it's like, oh, well, family's really important. You know, marriage, you know, being like the wife is very important to like, you know, the culture and stuff like that. And like being born in America and, you know, still being Chinese, but like, it's not the same culturally. Um, You know, the values are different. The work ethic is different. Um, And it just, it highlights that. Um, And um yeah, so you know, it shows that that term how that turmoil basically um affects the trajectory of their relationship. Will they sink? Will they stay afloat? So I'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. But um mm-hmm. it, it's a very, very good film. Um and I think that the reason why it was so revolutionary was because it was like, yes, we finally have like an American like I don't know, like, like romantic comedy, like a, a true like rom-com that shows us and it's nothing but us and it's all us. And so I love that for them um, because it and was just wedding like, scene? oh my look, gosh, the wedding. Like, are you kidding me? Ah! Are you kidding me? Like all my, all my Asian friends were literally like, bro, let's go. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that Black Panther also came out in the same year and they were like, <laughs> They were literally like, bro, I feel old, like 2018. Come on now. And they're literally like, yo, we're next, period. And then Crazy Rich Asians came out in August. So that 2018 was just such a, a great year for like, I don't know, culturally relevant film. But um, yeah, I loved it. Please go watch it. 
Um, and man, I'm just so happy and like proud of everybody involved in making this film. Um, yeah, man, like, I don't even know what else to say. Go watch it, support it, support these actors. They did a phenomenal job. Um, like the reviews said, so, um, it won, um, it earned a lot of, um, nominations and, um, there's, um, two sequels that are based off of the books, um, that are currently in development. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see <laughs> to be continued um but yeah this is amazing that's awesome well let's get into our next segment personal everest now when one makes a big summit up a mountain say mount everest for example there's a set of skills and tools set that one must master or adhere to with a great team around them to get the job done so the personal everest for a director making an asian representation film would be to show the film in an accurate way all the while being aware of its audience and doing justice with the representation. So being aware that you're going to have all kind of eyes, um, eyes that already know that culture come from it and eyes that have never been introduced to that culture and want to learn something new um, and have to be very sensitive with that material. I think, what do you think Taj? It's just so important to tell your story and tell it like how it is. And you really have to be fearless as a director, like dang, people might not understand my culture. They may not get it, but like putting it out anyways. Um, and just, you know, hey, this is what it is. Like, you know, um, the film that recently came out, um, also directed by Bong Joon-ho, like I said, Parasite, um, mm -hmm. it won an Oscar. And I think, you know, if he had worried about what other people would have thought about, like, you know, having this, you know, like dark comic satire piece, um, and like, oh, you know, it's not going to win or it's not going to, you know, if you worry about, like, show your representation in the way that is true for y'all, true for you. And like, don't be afraid of like how the rest of the world will receive it because you might get yourself out of a Academy Award. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, it won Best Picture. And like, that's just so... It's just such a historic moment. Thanks for listening, you guys. Please tune in next week. We are keeping the representation going. We will be discussing Latin representation films. Yes. Woo! We'll do anything for Salinas. Arriba. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's what we'll be talking about next week. So please feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, you can. Do that. All one word, all lowercase. Follow us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what episode topic you'd like us to talk about. DM us. Message us. Bother us. We won't mind. I promise you. Bye. <laughs> all right. See y'all next week. Bye.